Hoopsters, thank you for the wait. I apologize a little, a little late on getting this one out, but we think it's worth the wait. A uh, lot to cover. We went over the entire state tournament last week. Um, started with the championship games and kind of worked our way back. Uh, tons of insight. Took in a lot of games. Obviously, Tony was there for each and every game, so it was really fun to get his take and opinion on everything that he saw um, from teams to players to coaches. And so uh, this episode's a lot of fun. We appreciate you listening. If you can do us a huge favor and, and tell a friend about us, that'll help us out the most. And so without further ado, let's get into it. Hoop Troop. You can't guard me in the paint, I'm an artist See I hustle on the flow, call me Rick Ross See the troop get it, jumping like a tip-off I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle I'm a player, but my game be so official Welcome shooters back into another episode of the Hoop Troop. We're so excited to be here. We've got to try to put a bow on this high school basketball season. Uh, we've been leading up to the state tournament. We've uh, saw the state tournament, had a lot of fun last week, took in a lot of basketball, and we're going to try to recap it uh, here tonight. Unfortunately, Adam is not with us yet. He might make a surprise um, entry here. We'll, we'll see. So if all of a sudden you hear that voice drop in, um, my guy Adam might be jumping on. But I do have the rest of the crew we're going to go, we're going to break things down. Um, we're going to start backwards. Um, as, as we take a look, we're going to focus on the championship games. Um, congratulate all those winners. Talk a little bit about the two teams that made it uh, to championship Friday, and then we'll work back. And so with that, we're going to jump right into the last game of the night. Um, unfortunately, a game that uh, I think most of the people that I know that were in attendance um, took off about halftime, maybe the third quarter. Uh, what didn't end up being a, a much of a game or much of what everybody thought, but that's the 4A, the 4A matchup between Johnson and Ames. Um, it was interesting getting to that point. Um, and I had said uh, to several people going in that, you know, it was going to have to be a combination of, of Ames having a little bit of an off shooting night and, and Johnson just playing really well. And as it turned out, it was the exact opposite. Um, it felt like Johnston uh, did not play their best basketball and Ames just played really well. And so um, the result of that, it was a, a 31 point um, blowout there in the championship that never really felt close. Ames came out and kind of put it to him, shot the ball really well in the first half and uh, uh, capped off a really good season uh, for, for Ames and um, a good group of kids. And I know a goal in which that they were happy to achieve, but uh um, as we go through each of these, Tony um, was at each and every one of the games this week, breaking it down. Hopefully you're following some of his tweets and his actions and input um, along the way. But uh, Tony's here to help us break down each of these and what he saw uh, being in in the house for all of these. And so, Tony, what can you add from that from that 4A matchup and, and maybe even the semis, uh, a couple of those games that, that got those teams into the finals? Yeah, you know, I think it was pretty clear from – from Wednesday when stuff got started that Ames was certainly the team to beat. Um, and especially once, uh, once Steven Kramer got hobbled there a little bit in the quarterfinal, uh, you could tell he was playing through it in the semifinals, but with him not being a hundred percent, Johnson just had no chance to create enough offense against uh, that Ames defense. That's just been suffocating all year. Um, they Ames was just, just wrapped up probably one of the most dominant, postseason runs that we've seen through 4A in quite a while. Uh, I'm, I'm working on an article right now summarizing everything. Um, and they won their five playoff games by over 23 points a game, um, which is kind of unheard of at the 4A level, especially. Um, so just a, a special year from a special team um, that will go down in history as, as one of the more dominant 
four A teams to win a state title. Yeah, and I would say too, even um, you know, going into that finals game and a, a little bit throughout the week, it didn't it didn't feel like Ames was even playing their best basketball and was kind of cruising um, in their first couple games, and then they show up and with the performance that they had in the championship and everything just kind of kind of came together, which was good. I know we talked about leading up, obviously before you mentioned that they went on that postseason run and uh, getting Lipsy back and, and healthy and ready to go as they dropped a few towards the end of the year, including one to Johnston. But uh, yeah, they came at full strength. Uh, that team is, is real impressive and they showed it all week. Uh, and there's a reason why uh, they went home with the trophy there in 4A and a dominating performance uh, to say the least. But all right, so then taking another step back, 3A. Doug, I think you I think you called it at some point that uh, DCG, um, obviously the one seed, looked uh, really good in a lot of stretches throughout the year. Um, looked good again uh, down at the, last week at the well. But uh, what did you see in 3A? What did you like? And uh, how did you know? I think I called that back in uh, January, right? DCG. <laughs> Didn't I say the winner? Yeah. Which week? I think I, I think I called that one of my eight teams, but three uh, um, A tournament. You know, I don't think anybody really knew what to expect, um, and I think Central Dewitt getting to the championship game probably shocked everybody. I think, um, but uh, uh, the Gilbert kid impressed. He was he was. Uh, I've never seen him play before, so. Um, he played well, but uh, the Central, or Dallas Center Grimes had Carroll first round. Um, and that actually, the first time they played, went to overtime probably three weeks ago. Um, but they kind of handled them by 20. Then Winterset, that was probably the game of the tournament, I think. Um, in my mind, um, whoever won that was probably going to win the championship. And they ended, Dallas Center Grimes that ended up running away with that in the second half. I think it was tied 27-27 at half. And then the Jones kid um got hot in, in the second half and um so so you had D dcg central dewitt championship game i honestly thought dcg would probably run away with it um central dewitt made a run at the end uh made it a close game but uh my 3a champs dallas center grimes so congratulations to joel rankin it's cool to see him win actually that was the first time they've ever won a game yeah at the state tournament um, which is kind of crazy because they've had some really good teams over the year. So uh, congratulations to them. Hey, real quick, shout, real quick, you know, I'm the king of shout outs. It's been a great year for Joel because his son at Dort was the GPAC freshman of the year. Yep. This year up at Dort University. He had a great year. I saw him play three or four times. So a great year for, uh, to, for Joel Rankin. Absolutely. That is it was good. That was a good run that they uh, that they went on. Um, played really well. Uh, obviously, Runyon played playing really well um, in that final. Would he end up with thirty one in the championship? That's 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 really impressive. The free throw shooting thing just surprised the heck out of me. Um, those two free throws that Runyon made at the end. Uh, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but those are the only two free throws they made in that championship game. Yep, two for nine. That's crazy. Wow. Crazy. So, um, Tony, fill us in a little bit from the 3A side, especially on the Central DeWitt. What were they able to do um, to, to find themselves at that uh, seventh, seventh seed, or were they six? Six seed getting into the finals? Seventh seed. Seven. Seven, yeah. Yeah, Doug kind of touched on it that nobody really knew what to expect in 3A heading into the week, and 
I think that certainly bore out. You know, I was talking with uh, with Chris Cuellar from the association, and he said that when the coaches um, seated all of the teams during substate, um, Dallas Center Grimes got a vote as low as number 11. Central DeWitt got a vote as high as number one. So the coaches didn't even know what, what to do with the seating there. Um, I, I think we need to give a lot of credit to Bo Houston and Cole Glasgow especially um, for DCG after their quarterfinal game, I was watching them walk around after that. And I didn't think there was any chance that they were going to be able to play in the semifinals or in the state championship, but they both, both gutted it out and delivered really nice performances. And then Jacob Runyon was just unreal in the championship. Um, Central DeWitt just didn't have the quickness to, to stay with him and stop his dribble penetration Really nice run from Central DeWitt. Um, you know, I'm, I'm as much as the state tournament is about crowning state champions. I think it's also about letting people from other parts of the state see kids who they don't normally get to see. And I am so happy that people from around the state got to see what Sean Gilbert's all about because that big man played his butt off all week and was a very deserving captain of the 3A All Tournament team. Yeah, I would agree to that point. That's something too, um, especially especially prior to hoop troop, like getting an opportunity to see for my, myself personally, get some see some of these kids when they come to Des Moines. Like that's my that's my opportunity. Like even the big name kids. I mean, you know, like a Joe Wees camp, for example. It's like oh, I was really excited to see him make it to to the, to the well and get to see watch what he's able to do down there. And so um, it is. It's a great showcase for some of these players that aren't in your area to get a chance to play and. Um, the kid showed up. He uh, he came ready to go. Drew uh, drew several comparisons to Audie Crooks up there uh, in at Garrigan. So just kind of dominating uh, at all facets of the game. But uh, that was a good one. All right. So two A, Tom, going up to your neck of the woods, all Northwest Iowa, the the king of two A up there in Northwest Iowa, um, Rock Valley, Central Lion. Um, what'd you see? What'd you like in that two A? Well, again, um, I, I may not, maybe I'm not as prophetic as Doug Deers, but if, if you go, I always say, check the tape, a team that I talked about often and early that started slow is Rock Valley, but uh, I always thought Rock Valley was a team that uh, they had injuries early on. They had football legs in December, but it, uh, they were just too big and strong and athletic. And they, they kind of checked a lot of boxes and, uh, then when uh, teams like Western Christian and Boyden Hull go down and, and you're replaced by two other teams from that area that get the first two seeds in Central Lion and Rock Valley, that just kind of tells you what two-way basketball is up in that 30-mile uh, radius. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see the championship game. I saw the other, all the other games, though. And what impressed me with Rock Valley, again, was – uh, you know, inside game, outside game, they've got, they probably had the best all-round athlete in the tournament in Van Kekricks. You know, he's just, he's just a man out there. Uh, I can't wait to watch him play football uh, for the Hawks. Uh, but they had shooting. And then, uh, you know, Central Line, uh, they're, they're, they're young. They're my team that's, you know, looking for next year. They've got two studs back in, in two ways. So I think they're the team, team to beat next year. But, boy, what a, what a run by, uh, by Rock Valley. And then ended up Rock Valley and, and Tony want to get your take on 2A as well. So Rock Valley, three, three on the all-tournament team and Central Line had two. So they made up five of the all-tournament team. Um, and then 
who was a who was the sixth one? The Pell Christian. Pell Christian, big yeah. guy. Eric yeah. Mulder. Mulder, I liked him too. He was really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he'll. I think at some point they're gonna. Pell Christian will come up in our later segments when we talk about teams that uh, we kind of were impressed by. But um, yeah, so when I first when they I first flashed on the screen, all I saw was the five players from the from the championship game on the all tournament team. And I was like, oh, wow. Now, granted, Rock Valley deserves three. I mean, those guys just dominated. But what did you see? What did you like in 2A, Tony? Yeah, uh, really, really impressive performance from Rock Valley all week. Um, if Ames hadn't been there, Rock Valley would have definitely been the most impressive team. Um, you know, they played two games against Central Lion in the regular season, both of them decided by two points. So I don't think anybody really saw the blowout coming in the championship game, but uh, Van Kekricks was just a difference maker on both ends of the floor uh, throughout the week. Um, easy to see why he's going to go play division one football at a, at a power five school. Um, and Bryson Van Groot East was, was excellent all week as well for Rock Valley um, named captain of the all tournament team. And I think he scored, I think he scored in the twenties every game uh, last week. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the performance, and uh, no surprise at two A um, Northwest Iowa. That uh, that seems to be seems to be the trend um, uh, from because how many now? How many in a row are we talking, Tom, from Northwest Iowa? Could you on the top of your head? Do you even know? No, well, you know, Jim Ekoff never seemed to lose, uh, and then Bill Francis was always there winning, and yeah, it's I mean, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. And in, then uh, we I skipped think over. Cascade was the last one, which okay. would have been 2017, I think. Okay. Another kid that I'm really impressed with, a junior, is that Zach Lutmer from Central Lion. I know he's 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 more of a football recruit, but he is athletic. Uh, um, this is a tough comparison, but he he is a poor maybe a poor man's and maybe not even a poor man's Cooper DeGene. He's just bouncy. He's got that burst. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, his, his football recruiting goes, but he's, he's a heck of a basketball player too. Yeah, that'll be, it will be interesting. Keeping our eye on that, that uh, neck of the woods as you always have to in two A uh, as you're looking up there. But um, before we get to one A and, and coach Larson, we want to talk to get your take on what, what happened in that championship game. But uh, we kind of skipped over and this is near and dear. I know to both Doug and your heart, but, uh, little Hawkeye, how many years in a row? What's the deal here? Let's talk about this 3A run that the Little Hawkeye's on. Let's go, Chris. Well, I, I will tell you, we, we, I've just been listening a little bit. We got a lot of controversy. First of all, Tammy and Lipsy, I think, is going to have a little little problem not being called the best athlete in the field so far. So that, that's something I think we can get back to. So there's one controversy. So my point on this, I kind of put it out there or we were talking about I think a lot of people from the little Hawkeye has it ever happened before where four teams four different teams from one league have won had a four peat you know what I mean because obviously Tom did it three times in a row and Xavier did it three times in a row and I know Hall Western Christian has won several in a row but I'm saying four consecutive years with four different teams from the same league. I just found, found that to be amazing. That's it, impressive. It feels like, I mean, that's half the league has won a state title. 
CIML would Florida. be the only conference that I feel like could even have a chance at that, don't you think? Right. And, and I mean, not to, you know, not to dismiss that, that there are 18 of the 48 schools, though. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so I just, it's obviously I'm part of it, so I'm proud of that. But just to, you know, we, you guys give us a hard time and, you know, Doug and I really are proud of, and I, I know you guys all agree, but just that, that is quite a run and a celebration for the athletes in this league. Cause the, you, the fun part for us is we get to watch that competition play out night in, night out. And I've told that to people, you know, since doing this so long that I was like, this is the thing we're playing conference games night in and night out that are like state quarterfinal or state semifinal games. So it's kind of like the SEC then? Is that what you're trying to get at here? Uh, the, the football version of the SEC. Okay. I, I just I wanted to make sure. No, it, it's a, it's like, just been a good run. It a had, lot of good players. There's, I mean, there's no way that, I mean, like I said, even trying to just think off the top of my head, I mean, to figure out how you could even get four teams it's crazy. I mean, it is an unbelievable run. Um, it's impressive, and it's been so Newton, a lot of fun to watch. Newton's on the clock next year. Newton, they got some guys coming back, too. They actually. got some dudes coming back. Newton's yep. the team. Jason Carter, here we go. It's on you, Carter. There you go. <laughs> well, who else do we have? Some pot? Indianola. Uh, yeah, well, that? they're 4A, though, so uh, that's the thing. That's Norwalk and Indianola are 4A, so. That's true. And Pella Christian's 2A, so that makes it even, you know, more amazing. Grinnell is leaving the conference. Yeah. So. Does it still count? I mean, it still counts, right? If Pella Christian or a 4A, right? We'll keep it keep it rolling. Okay, we'll count it. I'm just we'll saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty amazing little run. It certainly is. So speaking of a little run, um, 1A, we had an undefeated Chris Larson Christian that made it um, barely by the skin of their teeth all the way through. Had a tough run <laughs> starting uh, first game of the tournament all the way through. Just no, nothing came easy to them, but uh, credit to those kids. Uh, they'll be able to find some, some, some good wins along the way and, and uh, get to the championship and uh, run into a really tough and really impressive Northland team. Uh, Coach Larson, what was, uh, what was your take on the 1A battle? Well, you know, all year I kind of, we made a joke of it right at the beginning because I said, who's going to beat Grandview Christian? And duh, we should have all been all over this if we were right. thinking that, that you know, Northland and, and Coach Mike Hilmer was definitely the team. I'll be honest, like I kind of forgot. They bounced back and forth from the last couple of years between 2A and 1A. Um, but probably had somebody said that to me right away, like, well, what about North Lynn? I would have been like, ooh, then now we're talking, right? Um, I, I think 1A was a really fun tournament, though. You know, from the very start uh, with Bellevue, you know, giving, giving them all they can handle. And let Tony, give Tony a shout out. He called that one that uh, Belleville plays in that tough league up there, and they, they gave them all they could handle. And, uh, and then Lake Mills comes out and they play you know one of the best games of the tournament only to have the championship be wonderful as well so all those games were were really good but um in the end let's let's be honest i i think uh what mike hilmer's doing up there at north lynn and and you you guys know i'm kind of a culture guy and, and i think mike fits that same mold where 
they they do their thing but they do it really well and you can tell um they're playing for something they're playing for their community and they're playing for each other and uh he just does a super job he's coaching his sons and to to win it two years ago with um uh with jake and then to win it this year's senior year with his son austin obviously was really had to be special for him and then uh shout out to uh oh shoot tony what's the bigger kid's name that played so well ha- from north hoggenberry from northland hey, ho- ha- hoggenberry yeah. yeah he played wonderful and uh again I, I didn't take it so much as it was a, a game that uh, Grandview Christian lost. It was just more, you know, uh, North Lynn went out and got it, and they they uh, they know how to win, and they're champions. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with you, and admittedly, I will say the same thing. I was for, I was still thinking North Lynn was a two A school, if that's uh, any excuse at all. But and they and even watching them in the first round or in their first couple games, it's like, are we sure this isn't a two A school? Like. They were just really good. They were just very impressive. And um, you mentioned Lake Mills. I thought after watching that, their first game against Danville, right? They played Danville. In the right, first game. right. And the way, I know that was coming out of what, three, four inches of snow and everybody, it, that game was a little cold, a little rough. Shooting was atrocious in that game. Um, and so then come out and then put on that performance uh, against Grandview was, it was cool. It was impressive because I was, I was thinking blowout and then they held their own. And so that was, that was fun to watch. And like you said, very competitive, and, all the games. And were. we were inches from seeing probably the most incredible shot. Eric May's <laughs> shot back whenever that 2008 shot would have been displaced by a more incredible shot. If that, uh, and Tony got such a good look at it uh, on his camera, but if that sucker goes down sports center all night long, uh, and I'll be honest, the way that that kid was playing, I'm surprised that it didn't go in. Yeah, like it, it just, he was really good all night long. He just played really well. And so, all right, Tony, fill in the gaps for us. What what did we miss? What did you see? What did you like? Really good championship game. You know, obviously the the foul trouble with Josh Bauckham played a, a major role there, picked up his fourth foul early in the second quarter um, and was able to still play the rest of the game. But it, it obviously changes the way that Grandview can can play offensively. You know, he's a kid who loves to attack the rim and get to the bucket. And after picking up three charges, it's it's hard for you to still play that similar style. Um, but what Mike Hilmer is doing at North Lynn is unprecedented in the state. Um, they just wrapped up a six-year run where they've gone 161 and five. Five straight state championship game appearances. Four of those losses have come at the state tournament and three in state championship games. So they've just, he's got it clicking up there. And I know they're going to lose a lot of players from this year's team, but I believe their sophomore team went undefeated and they're just going to keep, keep racking up wins and continue being a, a contender in 1A. Those kids grow up playing the same style. So by the time they get to high school and play for Mike, they're comfortable. They know exactly what they need to be doing at all times. And it's just a, it's a really fun team to watch play uh, on both ends of the floor, just with their, with their preciseness and everything they do. Yeah, I would agree. Like I said, I was impressed with what they were able to do and how those guys played together as a team. It just, it just seemed like they just overwhelmed um, people and, 
and to your point, yeah, obviously Grant with Grandview Christian, some some real impressive kids and athletes there as well. Um, the only only time that foul trouble was ever an issue for me and my career was when they got a charge call. So getting three of them, it's just those are the things you don't prepare for. Like you're gonna catch a cheap one, you're gonna be in the wrong spot on a second one, and then it's like the rest of the time you should be pretty good, but you get an offensive foul and and felt like there was quite a quite a few offensive foul calls. Um, you know, we talked a little off air. You know, there's a little bit of a officiating blunder maybe in uh, that Bellevue game, but uh, overall officiating seemed to be pretty good. Um, did see like there was um, quite a few offensive charges, which is fine. Uh, again, we are all, I'm all about consistency. If you're going to consistently make the calls then we can adjust from that point. But I thought uh, for the most part that that all went pretty well, but um all right, guys, we've talked a little bit along the way. And Coach Larson, I'm going to start with you. We're going to go back the opposite way coming back. But um, uh, I asked you guys to kind of think about a team that you were impressed with that didn't come home with the championship. I know we've talked to a, over a few teams. So we can kind of skim through this pretty quickly. But who did you see that maybe you liked that we haven't talked about that you were pretty impressed with? Well, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to the Vance Downs. And, and so when we talk about Mike Hilmer, Vance Downs, obviously I feel like we've talked more about Joel. But, like, in central Iowa, like, those guys, those names are just held in such high regard. And I kind of felt as we were watching, I was like, God, we should have been, we should have known to talk about these guys just a little bit more. So, uh, kudos to them. But additionally, I just want to say, like, the coaching and the level of play was was so good. I guess my, the one that really caught my eye on, and it's funny how, you, I, you know, kind of like Coach Hilmer, I don't know him real well. We've, we've crossed paths a little bit when we've been at the state tournament together. But I hear so many people that I know who respect him so much. So the guy that I was really impressed watching his teams uh, this week was um, Coach McGowan at Cedar Rapids Kennedy, who kind of the same thing. I, I don't know him well, um, you, you know, a little bit. But I know so many people that I respect that respect him so much. And so it was fun for me to get to kind of watch his team and break it down a little bit. Um, I think that was maybe my, my um, just really fun, fun to get to watch his teams play. And I know they have a really strong backcourt coming back next year. So I think they'll be right back in the hunt, but I think we're going to talk about that next too. Right. Yep. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that, but I agree. I like that backcourt too. I was, I was pretty impressed with those kids. Uh, Tom, who did who did you see that uh, kind of jumped out to you that you liked um, that obviously did not win the championship? Well, um, maybe a team that I didn't give enough attention to all year up here, and not that they're a Northwest Iowa team, but they kind of come over this way for tournament time is Humboldt. You know, Humboldt in that first round, and we we talked about it that they might you know give Assumption a scare. I think some of us thought Assumption could win three A, and uh, I was just impressed by. Uh, the way they came out, the, their style of play. I mean, they they are taking the open three. They play a different style than anybody did, at least in the three A, um, you know, bracket. Uh, they're and they're coming down. They're they're moving the ball. They play aggressive. Everybody's going to take the open three. Um, and so I was just kind of impressed with Humboldt, the style of the play. Uh, they've got a couple nice kids coming back. Will Ornis, their leading scorer, is coming back. He's a junior. Uh, Jason Thurm, the coach's son, Josh is back. He had a nice, uh, you know, one game tournament. So um, I thought they came down and uh, put a big scare in and they could easily been playing, uh, you know, in quote unquote, the tournament. Yeah, I agree that that game was fun. I'm glad you brought that up. Kind of forgot about it. They, uh, yeah, they came out and shot the snot out of it there to begin with. And I know that's their style. It feels 
you know, kind of very Iowa Hawkeye-ish in that if you're open, you let it go um, and, and just kind of fly around trying to make plays on defense. And they gave Assumption everything that they could handle and obviously had all the opportunity in the world to win. I think that's a team that can benefit so, from being in that experience and struggling yeah. through that. And there's a lot to learn from that. Right. So, good. No, I like that. That's going. Doug, who did uh, who did you see that uh, you were pretty impressed by? Um, a couple teams. Actually, I got a, a shout-out, Pella Christian. They had a – I thought they represented well. The Molder kid showed out. His first game, he, he went to work. Um, some of his shots, some of his moves, I'd never seen him do some of that all year long. So, I was happy for him and happy for them. They just didn't quite have it against Central Lion. Molder, he, he didn't hit the shots he hit in the first game. So, I was hoping they'd be able to get in that championship game. I don't know if they could have beaten Rock Valley, but uh, they played well. But I think the team, the game of the the tournament maybe was the Marion Winterset game. Um, mm-hmm. It that was entertaining. You had athletes on both sides, um, so I was really impressed by Marion. I had never seen them all year, but they had um, is it Luby? Is that how you say his name, Tony? Lobby, Lobby. That kid had 32, 31, 30, something like that. He was, I mean, he could score anytime he got it. And then the Moda kid, I think he's going to Iowa to play football. Um, but that was that that was the team that impressed me the most. And like I said, that was to me the most entertaining game, the first round game, Marion and Winterset. But um, so that's uh, that's the team that uh, I think if Marion beats Winterset, they might they might win three A, but they didn't, and uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah, that was a good game. Winter said, obviously playing on a lot of emotion. It was cool to see them get that win with all the lead up and everything kind of coming into that state tournament. So uh, that was good. That was fun to see. All right, uh, Tony, what team uh, maybe that we haven't mentioned that just kind of stood out to you or some pieces that you liked? Yeah, so we've touched on several of them already, but we'll uh, go with Cedar Rapids Prairie. Um, I, I know, I think maybe Doug touched on them earlier in the season. Um, as a potential team to watch and they they played really well um, they basically shut down everybody not named Trey Campbell in that first in that quarterfinal game against Cedar Falls um, and then gave Johnston a real scare there in the semifinals um, coach Richardson's just got a, a really good balanced team that gets after it on defense and they don't really care who scores I think they had five different kids who who scored in double figures over the two games um, uh, they're they were just a fun team to watch that that played hard on both ends of the floor and nothing comes easy against them yeah, they're gonna bring a decent amount of that roster back next year so um, them and Kennedy should both be really formidable in the Cedar Rapids area yeah that'll be good that'll be two fun teams um, guard play is always fun to watch so that's something that they're able to continue to work on and improve on. It should be fun to watch them in that uh, Cedar Rapids area. But uh, so Tony, let's stick with you. We're going to work back, keep snaking this. Then underclassmen, um, obviously you kind of saw them all. So maybe go down the board that you don't think one of our guys is, is going to pick uh, here as we move through. But what, some of the, some are one or a couple of underclassmen that uh, you were pretty impressed with that you would be anxious to see what their summer and into next year looks like. Yeah, I've, I'm going to keep my eye on Ryan Waters, 6'5". Uh, forward from central DeWitt um, came off the bench and averaged 10 and eight this week. Um, thought that he gave them some really good minutes on both ends of the floor. Um, really springy athlete who 
rebounds it really well, has some defensive versatility, and, and show that he can really finish around the bucket too. So I thought he had a really strong week to, to kind of get his name on the radar. That's good. You can uh, a good week at state tournament can really uh, launch you both from a, from a hunger standpoint and from a recruiting standpoint to really kind of get these kids going. Doug, who is somebody that uh, underclassman that you kind of like that you want to keep an eye on here? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> but I will say this. There's going to be kids. When you look at a lot of the top teams, look at DCG, uh, Central DeWitt, Pella, Pella Christian, DCG's losing all their guys. Um, somebody's got to step up for all these teams and kind of the top echelon teams, I guess. Um, Wintersets losing a few of their studs. Uh, Carroll loses their studs. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting AAU season. I'm sure Tony's looking forward to it because a lot of these teams are losing their top scores. Pella lose five seniors. They're you know all five stars. I think DCG's kind of the same way. Um, so I'm just curious to see who does step up next year because um, I have no, Pella Christian loses seven out of eight guys. I think that that really contribute. They're all seniors, so it's going to be a big turnover here, especially in Little Hawk. I know, um, and in 3A really. Yeah, sometimes it's those guys that uh, you know make a huge jump that weren't huge contributors and then all of a sudden have a really good summer and lead into, um, you know, even it, underclassmen doesn't necessarily have to be senior. It might be a sophomore to junior jump, but Tom, who's somebody that uh, you're kind of anxious to see what the summer brings? Well, I'm, I'm going, I'm staying home here. I'm, I'm calling next year, the return of the crusaders. All right. My boys from Healing, uh, they led, they led Carol in sub state in the district final. They led Carol with three minutes left. Okay. So they're, they were close, and they're really young this year. They've got a six-six sophomore, uh, Matt Knoll, averaged 14 a game this year, can shoot the three, uh, post up a little bit, can handle the ball. And uh, outside, you know, him as well as they've got about – Heelan's got about 80% of their scoring coming back. But Matt Knoll is, is a kid that I'm interested to see how much stronger he gets. He, like you said, he's six-six. He's kind of bouncy. Uh, he had a really good sophomore year, and I think he can uh, help – his team and the rest of the young crusaders get back to the state tournament next year. Doug. So are you going to announce right now? Do you have an announcement for us that you're going to be the head coach of the healing crusaders? Is that, is that what you're telling us? No, I am not making that kind of an, I'm going to make an announcement that it, when this podcast over, I'll probably go pour a bowl of captain crunch. <laughs> With the extra crunch berries, get the extra berries in there. Tom. Delicious. <laughs> But, but we will be we will be the first to know who that who is going to take that position. You betcha. All right. Well, I thought, thought we were actually going to break uh, break some news here. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be worth it, right? There, we needed a, a, a news sounder button to drop in. You got news. So, all right, Larson, when you're. Uh, when you get a chance to kind of sit back and field everything, I, I always love what, uh, what your take is. So who do you got? Some underclassmen you're excited to see um, that you're impressed with. What do you got for us? I love uh, well, a couple things. I love what Tony said, because I think Prairie and Kennedy are really exciting over in that, that part of the state. And, and obviously you have all your, your, your same, you know, West Des Moines Valley, I know is a team that wasn't at state, but has a lot of really good young talent and the job that, that BJ did, um, which, by the way, we should congratulate. I know him and Brett Watson. There's a couple of Larry Hessing 
lot of great people going into the uh, Hall of Fame this weekend too. But um, the job they did when when Reardon went out was was really impressive. This year. but a couple things for you. First, Doug, the little Hawkeye next year is going to run through Warren County. So Norwalk has almost their whole roster back, and Indianola <laughs> is about the same. Indianola is going to be really next year. However, <laughs> I'm going to see. Tom's Homer and I'll raise it. So I've talked about all my former teams and the guys that I used to coach with and the team to beat, I think next year in 4A had some young studs on, on display and they were, they were a little dinged up. Not that, it, that, that that's an excuse. I thought it was a great game against Kennedy and it just so happened that Kennedy got the best of them, but Waukee Northwest has almost their whole team back. And I think it, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm not thinking of somebody else, but I think it's safe to say Price Sanford will be the leading candidate for Mr. Basketball next year, and uh, he will score a ton of points. So they were the team that just with their young people, you know, Manning, I believe, is a junior Kel- or a sophomore. Kelderman and Samford are juniors. Um, they are going to be uh, a fun offensive show to watch. I'm glad you bring that up because I would have maybe missed to talk about Doug's uh, prediction of the three-game – he was a year early he he got the flu thanks to Tony this information he had the flu he was he lost a bunch of weight he didn't practice so if I would have known that previously I would not have made that bold prediction got to get that insider that Vegas information Vegas knew they had the line already on that so uh, uh, Chris Actually, I'm excited to see Bourne, what, how yeah. he develops, because well, I thought he had a good year, but I, I'm curious to see how, how he does over the summer and well, uh, see how, how he improves. I'll tell you this much. Reddick uh, is a phenomenal player, and, you know, Norwalk was so competitive this year, and a big part of it was because he just could control the game. And I think his, bigot, his biggest and only problem is that he's not Bowen. And I think sometimes when you're a brother, I I compare him and we'll see if anybody else out there agrees with me on this. When Sean Haleska came after Adam Haleska, Sean was a really good player, really, really good, but he wasn't Adam. And so everyone kind of just like, oh, he's not that good. I think when, when you follow your older brother, who's just uniquely, maybe the Hilmers were similar as well. Cause if it was Jake Hilmer as his senior, I think everyone was picking him. Uh, Sometimes that younger brother, People compare them directly, and and Reddick is not – just doesn't play the same kind of game as Bowen does. But um, he is one of the most cerebral, smart players you're going to find. He's going to be that stat stuffer. He's going to have 10 assists, 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 steals. So, yes, uh, there's still going to be a lot of good players uh, at all in all these conferences. Speaking of Adam Haluska, you know, I don't think he ever played in a state tournament game. He didn't. Yeah. Him or Greg Bruner. You are correct. Nope. Didn't, couldn't make it. Crazy. Those things should tell people how difficult it is to get to a state tournament. Much right. less win one. Well, and Horner only played in one, right? I think he made it his senior year and they got beat in the first round. So, it's crazy to think that those three and the, the legacy that they had at Iowa played in one combined state tournament game. Well, and on the girls' side, Caitlin Clark, her senior year, same same way. I think, though, just this – and don't forget, Brian, 
this was what this whole podcast when we first started it was gonna what was really the preface of this is to talk about great high school basketball and part of that is great players but let's also compliment all of these great role guys and 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 all all the the communities and the programs that are making high school basketball great because individuals don't always win the state tournament rarely yeah it, it takes Rare, rarely do it takes a lot more than that i mean and we, that was a perfect example of some of the greatest players just didn't have the other pieces that you need to be able to go down and win three games and take that state championship home and that's what makes it even more impressive uh, when you really think about how dominant some of these players have been and how dominant some of these teams and programs and coaches have been but uh, so with that, then on that note, taking all those things into account that we just said, Larson, starting with you, snaking back, then lock. We're making them right now in March. We're making next year's lock. Well, who's your team that's going to make it down to the well next year? Who are you locking in right now? I am locking in the 4A state title game, West Des Moines Valley versus Waukee Northwest in an all-Central Iowa showdown. It will be a battle. Wow. All right. I like it. So disregard everything we just said about those Cedar Rapids teams. And let's go. <laughs> I like them. I'm <laughs> telling you. I, I, they're going to get beat in the semifinals by those two teams. Kennedy's going to get be a rematch of this year. Northwest going to take out Kennedy. Prairie's going to have to to overcome, uh, you know, just too much in, in West Des Moines Valley. I like it. There you have it. No, I love it. All right, Tom. Who's the lock? And I challenge you to get out of Northwest Iowa, but I don't think that's going to happen. So who do you got for us? My lock to get back? Oh, you don't want Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe one of each. You got to give me your lock because I want a lock, but then maybe take a flyer for me too. Okay. My lock is uh, Western Christian. Ooh. They graduate a lot, but I'm telling you what, they are still stinging up there. They're stinging. They got I some kids it. coming back. They reload. Uh, Western Christian will be back there next year. All right, that's that's my lock. Um, to to get out of north to get out of Northwest Iowa. Okay. Um, well, I don't know much outside of Northwest Iowa. We don't travel much. Um, What's your, how about your humble Wildcats that you're talking about? That's a little out of Northwest Iowa, at least. Okay, I, I'll go with Humboldt. I'll go with Humboldt because that it, it really is more Central Iowa. Yep. Yeah, I like them. I like the way they play, and they got good kids coming back, um, and, and they they play their style. And uh, they got some kids that didn't play this year that, you know, i looking at their stat lines that can fill some roles. So, so they're going to have to get on the bottom bracket away from Helan, though, to have a chance, right, to get to the finals. Well, I think they'll still send Helan down south again. And, and uh, yeah, they'll do that. Now, if, if that's, that's a whole new deal if we go that way. That's true. So, good. All right, Doug, who's, who's your lock that uh, – does not have Pella on their jersey. Oh, I was going to say Pella, but <laughs> I got you know they they will be down just because they do lose so many seniors. But they got a they got a nice group of young guys coming up, and really, I, I, looking at the little Hawkeye and three A teams around here, I, I don't know who's going to step up. But I, I think Bondurant will be right there. Yeah, that's who I was um, thinking too. Doug. Colby Collison, he is probably second team, third team All-State kid. He'll be all-conference kid. Um, and they got some of those other guys back. So I, I think Bondurant will definitely be in the mix. So they're probably my lock. But, I mean, DCG will be strong. They're always good. Pell will be good. Um, 
I don't know. Bondurant, I think, is probably uh, probably one of the teams to uh, be, be at the well that next year. Coach Evans, bring it on. Tom, Let's what do you go. got? I'm back. Well, you know, I still – again, I, I mentioned them earlier. Central line lost in the finals, and they got the two best players back. So, I mean, when I say Western Christian, it's always two – two-way up here, it's always two teams. You got, I mean, you're going to have two teams down there from up here. And they're going to be in the finals, Western Christian and Central Line in the finals. That's my lock. There you go. There you go. The rest, the, the, everyone else is playing for third place. You, you got to write these down, these down, Brian. We got 4A figured out. We got 2A figured out. Yeah, we're already sad. Northland just... and Grandview Christian and 1A. There we well, go. We can just Mary... skip like weeks one through eight next year on the hoop group and go right to the, right to the Marion, state. Marion will be there too. Okay, there we go. Marion, they, they got those, their two best players are juniors, the Moda kid and the Lauby kid. So they're, they're going to be in Now Tony gets to tell us how we did. I, I was going to say, now, now <laughs> let's have Tony, who actually knows what he's talking about. Actually knows. Right? Yeah. <laughs> who's, who is for sure? So if you're a betting person, get, turn, turn it up a little bit here. Tony, who's your lock then to make the state tournament? Well, I mean, the easiest way to go would be just take Waukee Northwest, right? Yeah. Bring everybody back from the state tournament team. Uh, we'll go a little bit off the board, though, and say that for the first time since 1912, the Wilton Beavers are going to the state tournament <laughs> next year. I like Let's it. Let's go. Hey, right isn't there. that Lee's team? Is that is no? That right? No, where was he? He was out whiting. Oh, whiting. I always get yeah. white and wilting. Yep. The, the beavers making a trip since when 19 what'd you say 1912 oh wow i like it so what so we need a little we need a little backstory why what what did you see that you like so they'll bring their top three scorers back from a team that was really competitive in the in the river valley conference this year uh, that league sent three teams to the state tournament um all almost all of their losses came to those teams monticello um Mid Prairie, a couple losses to Comanche. They've got a six-eight junior, uh, be a senior next year, Caden Kirkman, who's starting to get some some low major interest, um, and he has the potential to be absolutely dominant next year. And they can put a lot of a lot of length and shooting on the wing around him. So, go a little bit off the board and and call my shot that like for it. the first time in 111 years, Wilton goes to the state tournament. I like it. <laughs> Oh, just that. just think the last time they went some of those people rode a horse <laughs> <laughs> oh wow Where'd that they're not the wilton mustangs are they or anything <laughs> the stampede the wilton stampede right there oh man all right guys so to end with then here uh we've covered a lot we talked a lot about teams um programs uh what we like um so to end obviously a, a great week of basketball the the state of basketball absolutely showcased down at wells fargo an opportunity to watch so many teams in one place take in a lot of basketball um whether you're a tony sitting in the stands and, and taking this all in or or myself who, who was able to watch and stream um a good majority of the games it's it's a lot of fun it's fun to see these kids it's fun to see these programs and how hard they've worked um, this is the ultimate prize for them to kind of cap off and put a bow on things. And so our last segment, I want to do a suggestion box. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call on any of you guys. I just want to just kind of throw out any suggestions that we can throw in the suggestion box. 
something that you think that uh, we could do to, to make that experience um, at the state tournament even more fun for these communities or these players or these coaches? Um, so let's round table it. I got a, I got a hand up already. Doug, what do you, what do you got? You know, uh, the state tournament's awesome. You know, 10 bucks gets you in and you get to stay there all day long. Blue lemonade is awesome. Very underrated. They have Chick-fil-A. They got barbecue. Um, it's general mission. So you can sit wherever you want. So, um, the state tournament really is, if you're a basketball junkie, it's the perfect week to be at. Um, are there things they can do better? Absolutely. I think my suggestion would be more of the buildup to the tournament. I think they can do so much more with the seedings, a sweet 16, uh, do some live feeds, do more Twitter stuff. Do I just think that part of it, the buildup of it can be so much better and make it even more special for the teams. Um, and I may be an outlier on this, but let's bring back the third play, third and fourth place game. Why not? You know, if you may win the first, if you win the first game, then you automatically get two more games. Um, but you know, I never played in one, so I don't know, but, um, that's, those are a couple of my suggestions. Coaches, I'd like to actually hear your thought on that too, with that constellation game and how that works. It feels like, um, the best comparison that I can think of with the constellation game, it's like the NIT in that, some teams are like, we absolutely do not want to be here. And it shows on the court. And some teams are like, hey, this is an opportunity to prepare for next year because we have a young team um, and get another opportunity to play down here and prep. And so, uh, yeah, so I'd be interested to hear you guys' take as well as the suggestion box is still open. Well, Coach Betts never probably coached in it. I did a few times. So um, I will tell you the one thing that – I really enjoyed about it is it is a nice reward. Um, as a coach, we went into it and went way deeper into the bench uh, in that game. And so it was a reward for our whole team to make it that far. Plus, you knew that you were playing on the last day of the season. If you won that first round of the tournament, then you knew you were playing on the last day and you had two more games. But the thing I really did enjoy was it was an opportunity. We were playing to win, don't get me wrong. But it was an opportunity to, you know, I'm not saying we got down to 15, but but I played a few kids. Cause plus, it's the third game of the week, right? So dead legs were getting a little more tired. So um, I thought it was a nice reward for, for some of those other kids that maybe don't get to play quite as much. Yeah, consolation game. We did We played one year, and, and we had a great experience. It was uh, – we I think we played a team that really didn't want to be there. Our kids wanted to be there. And uh, – uh, it, you're right. It, it can be, uh, but again, if, if you're the team that loses that, you just lost your last two games of the season. And that's a tough, yeah. that could be a tough pill to swallow. Um, there's been talk about saying, Hey, uh, in order to increase first round attendance, why not guarantee two games? So if you lose on Monday, you play Tuesday, it may be in a separate gym. Um, I think there's all kinds of ideas out there. Uh, I pick, I'll pick you back on what Doug said. I think there's, uh, maybe there's certain things, especially in today's world of social media and, and, you know, guys, you know, you know, shoot troop, you know, and all these, these great groups that how can we promote this state tournament more, the hype leading up to whether or not it's a sweet 16 or when the tournament starts in general. I mean, it is, um, I don't know what the answer is, but uh, there's, and, but again, that being said, there's a lot of things 
that are that are great and going great and um so we we, we do have a great uh, state tournament i'll add a couple things on top of that too uh brian that first of all if norwalk could it, just on a local level if norwalk could not schedule conferences on the week of the state tournament that would sure help me so <laughs> yeah. just throwing that out there no, if we could maybe change yeah. conferences yeah okay well, um, here, I was gonna, I, i'm gonna throw an idea out there not being from the des moines metro area i mean having gone to the state tournament from an out of out, out of town or man it's an event i mean we're down there for a yeah. week it's travel it's fun it's i mean you look forward to it i have to imagine you guys go play a game and head back to school head back you don't get the same right. experience um Another idea would be maybe there should be a, a banquet, a state tournament banquet to kick off the state tournament for all the teams. Uh, you go in, you meet some guys. You, you maybe maybe that's a great way to announce your Hall of Fame coaches, uh, your academic all state. I don't know, just um, a way to really celebrate every team that's getting down there. Yeah. I feel no, like that, did they used to do that? I feel like they used to do that. I felt like. Like the mid to early '90s, I think like the class, like you would have a dinner or a banquet or something as like the class, like the 3A class would go and meet. And maybe I'm making that up, but it feels know. like I feel like when when uh, Algona was down there um, in '97, I, th I thought I heard that they did that. Maybe not. Maybe it was self self done too. But. Well, I think on top of that, I, I love those ideas, and I, I just uh, agree with what these guys are saying. It's such a fun week, and this has been so much fun. I think for us just to follow the whole journey one thing like if we're just talking about add-ons um if they would go to that sweet 16 model i know that if you make the playoffs in football you go and get your trophy at the the dome you know and that's one thing i'd really like to see added like on friday is hey when, during halftime of the 3a game let's say let's say that the other 14 teams that made the sweet 16 will be honored. Now that doesn't mean that the whole team's going to be there, you know, some representation though of, of that to be celebrated. And, and one thing, you know, just figure out a way to make it more youthful and more, you know, uh, more about kids and families being there to celebrate, not, um, you know, I, I just think that'd be young energy instead of past energy or history. You know, I think we have a great historical perspective, which is, I, I'm not saying do that in lieu of it, but maybe in addition to it. Yeah, no, that's good. I, and I mean, to kind of piggy off that too, I think from, like I said, having, having the ability to stream the games and watch the games from home or from work uh, or have it on in the background is great. Like that is absolutely a must needed. We talked about how awesome and important that is for, for the game and the continued growth of it throughout the regular season, you know, out of COVID and having to do that. So that's awesome. I will say to, to echo all those points with the broadcast and have a little bit more fun, like make it exciting. Like you have, I feel like in, and Tony, I'll be interested to hear from a, from an in stadium experience too. Um, it, it's so like the fans are there for one game. Like I'm watching one game on the stream and then I'm turning it off. Like when you sit there and you watch the full day of games and you see the same, 
two ads or one ads or the halftime is the same interview or whatever it is. It's like, I, I feel like there could be fun way. I mean, cause people are watching these games, they're consuming these games. Um, and it doesn't have to be a lot. And it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be in lieu of have those find some, some ways to make it fun and, and exciting and have some, even go to the programs, like maybe have somebody within those teams that qualify in their media department, have the kids, you know, send you over some highlight tapes or some whatever it is to be able to in incorporate those other activities into this whole experience because it is so cool and it is such a neat platform already that it just feels like a, a few more enhancements would really help. Larson, what do you got? Yeah, I just, you talked about the production. I, I would like to, it is nice though and neat that it is a first class production. You know, I, I, I really like Jeff Pearson and he played. He played injured this week. I don't know if you heard his voice was barely hanging on, but all those guys, uh, Rick Silverstrini and, um, uh, oh shoot. Wow. How am I, the former Lincoln coach? I just, am not thinking of his name right now. Um, and, uh, it almost hit me and Dave Lane, all those guys just have a really good Mike Swain. Sorry. Um, no. they, they just make it really professional for the kids. And I know it, as opposed to, 25 years ago when we were at the state tournament, like in the more recent years, I know it was a lot more fun of an experience for the kids to get to rewatch with a full publication of the game. So shout out to, to those guys um, who were, who were working hard all week. I will say in last year, I don't remember this, maybe it was true, but uh, the association and what varsity bound working together, I mean, to go into varsity bound and have the brackets there, be able to click on, uh, stat it's it's really user friendly mm -hmm. and, and it, i mean i know it it it, uh, it makes the games easier to watch and, and get instant information so uh that's been a great improvement too varsity bound's been huge but who still types in quick stats to get to varsity bound <laughs> every every time quick if so i'm sure they bought that but if they if that all of a sudden does not forward over i i'm like wait what is that because i go quick stats and it goes varsity bound so. but um so tony, tony from a, yeah. sorry go ahead doug what did you got to add? Say, I'm, I'm curious to hear what tony has to say from just being our every game all week long um you know what kind of improvements besides uh not playing the chicken dance every 10 minutes what what improvements he sees yeah I don't pay too much attention to the to the in arena stuff you know I'm just so busy writing recaps and writing performance articles and all the sorts of stuff that I'm probably not the best person to ask about how you improve the, the in-person experience um, I do know that they don't they don't play all of those ads that you see on tv so I don't have to sit through the season your pork commercial a thousand times um but yeah that's about all i got oh that's good doug i want what do you think the crowds were tony i mean you think they had better crowds this year it seemed like every game i was at and then i watched the stream i mean the crowd seemed huge but um what, what was your take on that did they ever come out with the crowd numbers i haven't seen any crowd numbers yet um it it definitely seemed a little more boisterous than it was last year, of course, um, with some COVID restrictions probably still in place last year. Um, but I, I don't think that they quite are getting to the level of um, 2019 before, before COVID. But, you know, attendance is down across the board, no matter what sport and no matter what level. So 
I don't know if that's just a national thing or if it was if it was something to do with the teams there or what. But uh, I will say that the 3A championship game crowd was was fantastic. Uh, definitely the biggest crowd of the week, and I that seems to be a trend. I don't know what it is about the 3A crowd all the time, but 3A championships are definitely the best crowds of the week almost every year. Let me let me ask you this too, and uh, it might be kind of hard to exactly kind of put a finger on, but a time of day, so time of game, does that depend on crowds? It didn't. It didn't seem to have much of an impact from what I saw. Um, you know, obviously later in the day, depending on where the school's coming from, of course. Um, like Assumption had played at seven thirty or whatever it was on Tuesday night, and they had. 50 kids there um so it's yeah it just depends on the school probably and and the community that's around them so you know assumption private school in a big city who knows how big their their following actually is whereas you've got a team like central dewitt coming from pretty much the same area um and they've got half the town there it seems like so yeah, I think that, that that maybe that was a game I was thinking of too, because it was a late game. It didn't seem like they had a ton, and then you, you like you said, all the things added to assumption on top of the fact that it's old hat for them to make it to Wells Fargo. Um, you know, where humble on the other side, uh, you know, had been several years since they got there. So yeah, I think there's a lot of things that go into the numbers and how. I thought for the most part, what I saw um, on TV, it looked like it was pretty good. Um, again, given given the circumstances and where we're at. But uh, all in all, a, a lot of fun. Good week. Tom, what else you got to add for I us? Got, I'm going to have my pet peeve, and this has nothing to do. This is girls' state tournament, boys' state tournament. It's been going on for years, and it drives me nuts. Every time, seems like every school puts together a state tournament T-shirt, but it's <laughs> never their school colors. It's right. pink. It's lime green. It's, it's something. I mean, and my school does that, too, and it drives me nuts. All right? Promote your school. Wear your school color. That's a good one. All right. All right. I will old go. man yelling at cloud. <laughs> get, <laughs> off, get off my lawn, says Tom. Not, doesn't want to stay up with the fun times. We get it. No, that's uh school colors. Tom, actually, I'm with you there. My daughter ran track last year, and for their track shirt, so Pella's green, and they got like this lime purple lime purple shirt. And I'm like, what are you serious? Like, why would you, what, what is, I don't get it. Well, we just wanted something different. I'm like, well, okay. So their tractors were purple. I expect all Iowa Hawkeye fans this week be wearing like purple and green. <laughs> That's good. So, well, guys, I tell you what, that uh, feels like a pretty good bow on what was a really fun um, and great season, a great week. Um, like we said, there's a lot of things to look forward to next year. Um, Tony, you got one more thing before I wrap this up? Yeah, just based off of the state tournament improvement discussion, um, when I'm down there every every year, I get a chance to talk to Chris Cuellar a bit, and he and the association are much more open suggestions than I think they get credit for so if you guys out there do feel like you have a good suggestion for how to improve the atmosphere at the state tournament or anything else leading up to the state tournament reach out to the association they're they're much more open to 
to listening to things than I think um, people give them credit for, you know, myself included. So just want to throw that out there. Great hey, what's going to be next year? We No one talked about it. Shot clock. Shot clock. Let's go. Yep. That'd it's going to be awesome. It'll be exciting. Larson, what do you guys? No, no, just uh, uh, it was a good point by Tony. And and when Doug followed it up, if you think there are a lot of changes and uh, um, it, it's exciting for all of us, right? Because this is what we've been talking about all the time is we love the basketball and we especially love the basketball tournament. And so uh, keep moving forward. I love it. Absolutely. No, that's great. I, we appreciate that, Tony. And um, it's not, it's no easy task. That's for sure. There's a lot of moving parts and a ton of logistics that go into it. And so it's uh, small steps, um, small steps in the right direction, make big improvements. So um, continue to be excited for how things go. This was, this was a lot of fun. Um, stay tuned as far as what's next uh, for the hoop troop here. We uh, are still, still work in progress. Going to figure that out. Um, this little run here leading up to the state tournament, the championships, covering these programs, these teams, these coaches was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think we're quite done yet. So uh, make sure you follow our social media channels to figure out um, what's coming next. Um, we appreciate you following along and, and your input on this journey with us and helping us and giving us some topics and some ideas and who to watch and, and all that. We really do uh, enjoy doing this, but we also do it for you guys. And, and hopefully you enjoy the game as, and enjoy watching these kids and these programs as much as we do. And so um, continue to roll on. And as always, shoot or shoot. Mm -hmm.